Welcome to the Sunday Service Podcast of New Philadelphia Nazarene. Well, we have made it to our final week of Advent, week number four, and this week we are talking about love. Our text this week came from Luke chapter 1, verses 26 through 38, a very familiar passage to us where the angel visits Mary, angel Gabriel visits Mary, and we're talking about the breakthrough love of God, the love of God that breaks through in the most bizarre and unusual of circumstances. And I hope that as you listen this week, you are challenged and you are encouraged to be an agent of the breakthrough love of God in this world. We need it desperately. We need it badly in a world that's hurting and broken right now. So grab your Bibles, sit back, and let's talk together about the breakthrough love of God. Luke chapter 1, I'm going to start with verse 26 today. It says, In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. How, how will this be, Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin? And the angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come on you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age, and she who is said to be unable to conceive is in her sixth month, for no word from God will ever fail. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May your word to me be fulfilled. When I was <clears throat> growing up, soda was not something that was purchased in our home, with the exception of mom's Diet Coke. Uh, my, my mom's Diet Coke was an untouchable in, in our house. Uh, you, you did not drink the Diet Coke. You only gazed upon the silver and red cans in the pantry and just wondered uh, uh, what kind of forbidden goodness could be realized from the pop and the fizz of an open can. I remember when I was in second grade and I was engaged in some, some kind of horseplay with my older brother and he had run out the back door of the house and I ran out the back door of the house right behind him and I pulled closed behind me the, the solid core door that my dad had just recently installed, a little over 70 pounds worth of solid wood. And as I ran out that door, I grabbed that handle and I, and I gave it a good old yank and the combination of, of my yank and the weight of the door gave me a real quick physics lesson 
as the finger, as the door crushed my finger. Yeah, it hurt a lot. Uh, I really don't recall too much about the pain. I don't even uh, recall too much about the actual door closing on my finger. But I do remember that my mom <clears throat> took me to the dining room table. She placed me in a chair. She put an ice pack on my hand, and she gave me an ice-cold Diet Coke. <laughs> That's right. It was in one of those glistening and silver and red cans, beads of sweat running down the side. I will never forget that. You see, that's how I knew that my mom loved me. Uh, that, now, that's not the only way. <laughs> just, in case, <laughs> just in case you're watching, Mom. I mean, that's not the only way that I knew my But when she gave me a Diet Coke, the fact that I was being allowed to partake of that sweet nectar, <laughs> it was a demonstration to me that my mom loved me. Now, the love of a mom is a, is a really good thing. In fact, we, we have an entire holiday that we set aside just for that. And, and if we're not careful, we could mistakenly read today's text through that lens. That it's all about a couple of moms that really loved their kids. And if we did this, we would miss what is really the miracle within this story. There's no doubt that Elizabeth would love the baby that was growing inside of her. His name was John. And there's no doubt that Mary would love her baby, Jesus. That's kind of a, a biological thing. It's a natural response that we typically have to the birth of our own child. But the miracle of this particular story completely bypasses biology. In fact, it actually subverts biology. You see, Elizabeth was way too old to conceive. Let alone to actually have a baby, but she did. Mary was a virgin, yet she conceived and became pregnant. If we focused on the idea that there are, there are two mothers here that love their kids, not only would we miss the miracle of this story, we would also miss something that is even bigger and greater and perhaps more important. True love is not just about a feeling or a connection, even one that is as deeply rooted as a mother and a child. It is true love that has a lot to do with faithfulness. It's true that the faithfulness of a good mother might, might be a blessing for some, but, but our, your, my belovedness, in other words, how much we are loved, it's not about our own faithfulness. Thank goodness. Instead, it's entirely dependent upon the limitless faith of God. And that's what this story is really about. It's really about the faithfulness of a, of a loving God that breaks through the circumstances, that breaks into the chaos and breaks into the confusion with the sole intention of demonstrating his limitless love for us and his faithfulness to us. My hope today is that you will come to understand that and perhaps receive that for the first time into your heart. 
In our story this morning, we start with Zechariah and Elizabeth. Now we have to go all the way back to the first part of Luke to see their entire story, to see the full picture and understand why verse 26 says what it says. These two, Elizabeth and, 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 and Zechariah, were advanced in their years. She was barren. She was unable to have a child. And, and one day, Zechariah was in the temple fulfilling his priestly duty. And the angel Gabriel came to him and he said, by the way, your wife is going to have a child. And there's more to the story. Go back and read it. But this sets up what we see in verse 26 when it says that Elizabeth was now in her sixth month of pregnancy. So in many ways, Luke 1 gives us more than one miraculous conception, it gives us two. The first is Elizabeth, who conceives of a child in her advanced years. She is to be the mother of John the Baptist. And the second miraculous conception is Mary. We know who she is. She is the mother of Jesus. At this point in Mary's life, she was engaged to be married to Joseph. In all likelihood, Mary was about 13 years of age. Let that soak in for just a moment, moms and dads, if you have a daughter. Mary was about 13 years of age. She was engaged to be married to Joseph. They were in the engagement period. Joseph was probably preparing their home to live, and she was probably living with mom and dad. And culturally, the engagement was just as significant as the marriage. This is what made uh, Mary's pregnancy even more dangerous, because it could appear that Mary had already committed adultery. Now, Joseph, by Jewish law, had every right to have her stoned, or at least to divorce her, to break off the engagement, and to let her father deal with the fallout of what would inevitably come. But we see Mary's response in our text her response to the words of the angel Gabriel are this, I am the Lord's servant, may your word be fulfilled. Now, over the course of history, God had already worked in miraculous ways to preserve the family tree of David. It was this family line that the promised Savior was to come from. This is where Jesus was to come from. We can go all the way back to Abraham and Sarah. Sarah, who was unable to have children for a long period of her life, yet she finally did through the intervening hand of God. She had a son named Isaac, and his wife was Rebekah, who was also unable to have children. And once again, we see God step in, and she has two sons who would become the fathers of two different nations, Jacob and Esau. And it was Jacob's wife, Rachel, guess what? Once again, unable to have children, who would eventually have a son named Joseph, who would be the one to deliver Israel from famine and ultimately death. Over and over again, we see the, the inability to bear a child threaten the promise of God to the nation of Israel. And each time, God intervenes to preserve what he had originally promised to Abraham, land, family, redemption. And in the case of Mary, we find a young girl recently engaged who conceives a child because as Gabriel says, the Holy Spirit is going to come to you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you into the most challenging of circumstances, through the most unusual of situations, regardless of the obstacles that are in the way, the breakthrough love of God pierces the darkness and a new day begins to dawn. In our season of Advent, we focused on four things. Each candle that we have lit represents one of those things, hope. In the midst of a seemingly hopeless situation, that God can break through in that. We talked about peace. 
The Bible calls the peace of God a peace that no one can really understand. In the midst of a world of chaos and craziness, the peace of God can break through into our lives. Last week we talked about joy, joy that we are called to give to others as we partner with God as he breaks through the death and the destruction that surrounds us. And this week, it's love. The breakthrough love of God. It's a love that's not contained by our circumstances. It's a, it's a love that is not held back by roadblocks or even full-on attacks of the enemy. Let's not miss that throughout the course of the lineage of David, over and over and over and over, women were barren. Don't tell me that the enemy wasn't fighting hard. When Mary heard the words of Gabriel, you are highly favored, the Lord is with you, it was probably not clear to her what was happening or what was about to be said. And perhaps if, if Gabriel hadn't actually led with those words, what he said to her next might have been a little bit harder to receive. Guess what, Mary? You're going to have a baby. <laughs> but when his first words were, you are highly favored, the Lord is with you. Even though I'm sure there were still some questions like, how can this be? I'm still a virgin. I mean, come on, Gabriel, help me understand this one. In the end, Mary's response to it all is still, I am God's servant. May your word be fulfilled. See, God's love broke through, bringing hope and peace and joy in Mary knowing that she was favored in God's eyes, knowing that what was happening was certainly the hand of God, having a faith that could receive all that was being given to her regardless of how challenging and how out of the ordinary it might be, she simply says, may your word be fulfilled. May it be so. May it come to pass. I just wonder what might have happened if if Mary had rejected the words of the angel Gabriel? What might have happened if she said, no, 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 no way, not me. I am the wrong girl for this gig. You need to go next door. There's another Mary two or three doors down. I'm sure she'd be more than willing to be pregnant. But see, Mary was not just some random girl chosen from a list of available candidates. She was the one. She was chosen for that task and for that moment. When God's children listen and obey, God's love can break through in the most unimaginable ways. For instance, a 13-year-old virgin girl engaged to be married to a man named Joseph who falls at the bottom of a family tree that dates all the way back to a man named Abraham who walked in covenant with God, part of which was a covenant for redemption. Redemption that would be eventually realized in her son. So I want you to hear this today. You are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Now don't freak out. You're not going to have an immaculate conception. I don't think. But it's true. You... You are highly favored. 
You are a child of God. You are chosen by Him for this space, for this season, for this time, for this task. God is with you. And He is just waiting for the opportunity to let His love break through in you and through you in unexpected ways. You know, when Mary became pregnant with Jesus, the family tree was altered just a little bit. You see, those who carried the title children of God had been, up until that time, based upon ancestral heritage. It was about a bloodline. It was about being able to trace their roots all the way back to Abraham. And Joseph, Jesus' earthly father, was able to do just that. But Mary, she did not come from a priestly family. She was a Jewish girl, but she didn't have any markings that would distinguish her as such. And usually we think of family as, as a biological thing, but that ends right here because Jesus was conceived by the Holy Spirit. And in that moment, the definition of family and our understanding of family is changed. Suddenly, the love of God, the love that God has, has repeatedly and abundantly been poured out over the children of Israel. This love breaks through for the whole world. And God begins to weave a new family that's born of the Holy Spirit. It does not matter who you are. It does not matter where you come from or where you are at this moment. You are loved by God. And you are invited to be a part of this, this new family. You see, the reason that God's love broke through in this unusual way was because God's greatest desire is to have a relationship with you. That's, that's why God's love broke through in this way. God's love broke through because even when we fail to be faithful to Him, He never fails to be faithful to us. In that moment, God began something new because He loves us. He loves you. The idea of <clears throat> someone loving us is not really a new one. I mean, in and of itself, it's a fairly easy idea to understand, but somehow, some way, when we are when we are under the weight of all the burdens that we have in life, when we're under the weight of all of our circumstances, when we're preoccupied with what is wrong with us, we lose sight of the simple truth. God loves you. God loves me. In the birth of Jesus Christ, God became Emmanuel, which means God with us, so that no matter where we are, He was right there with us. The greatest miracle in this story is not that God opened wombs and children were conceived, although that is a great miracle. The, the great miracle is about the presence and the nearness of God. L listen to me this morning. God loves you so much that He chooses to walk with you right where you are. In your heartache. He draws near to you, and He dwells right in the middle of it all. God doesn't stand back to see what you're going through, and man, that must be rough. Let me know how He works out for you. Keep me posted. God gets right into the middle of it all if we will let Him. If we will be as Mary was and say, may it be so. 
No matter what the desires of your heart may be, no matter what abilities you may possess, no matter where you have come from or what you have done, you are today and always will be a beloved child of God. Some of you just needed to hear that today. No matter where you are, no matter where you have been, no matter where you will go, you are today and always will be a beloved child of God. Emmanuel, God with us, it's a theme that's been ringing in our ears through all of Advent. It's their bridge, if you will, into Christmas. It's a bridge of hope that we are not alone. It, it is peace and the confidence that God is with us through all of our circumstances. It is joy in the knowledge that we are loved. It is love that cannot be measured or really fully understood that breaks through love that is not dependent on who we are or what we have done, but depends on who God is and what God has done. And God is trying to break through in this moment. I'm wondering this morning how many of you have truly allowed the love of God to break through into your life. I'm guessing that between those who are here in this room and those who are watching or who will watch or listen at some point later, there are at least a few who have resisted or not yet allowed the love of God to break through into your life. And perhaps it'll come as a surprise to you to hear that God has been waiting all of your life for you to receive the love that he has for you. That's what he's been waiting on. He has not been sitting back and judging you. He has not been watching from afar and condemning your actions. He has not been wishing that you'd get yourself together. He has not been just shaking his head in dismay and disgust. For as long as you have been alive, God has been watching you and wishing and hoping that you would receive the love that he has for you. We know the verse... God so loved the world that He gave His Son so that whomever would believe in Him would not perish but have eternal life. In 1988, I accepted the love that God has for me. I accepted Jesus into my heart and I allowed that breakthrough love of God into my own life and I've never been the same. There have been ups and downs, and God has continued to work and form and make me into the man that he desires me to be, and I'm still not there. God's still working and chiseling and doing everything he needs to do. But that night, when I gave my life to Jesus, everything changed. I have never been the same. If we began to pass a microphone around this room, we would hear story after story after story of different ones that have accepted the love of God into their own lives. They would, they would tell you about how, how God's love has wrecked them, but at the same time, it has built them up and it has formed them and developed them into what God created them to be in the first place. Emmanuel, 
God with us. He is, he is with us. Also so that we might be with others. You see, when we accept the love of God, we, we carry the promise of God's presence into the world. And we get to share with others the good news that they too are the beloved child of God. Yesterday I spent some time in the morning <clears throat> returning some items that we had purchased and getting a few things that we needed at the house and I went to multiple stores. I stood in lines just to get into stores. And once I got in the store I stood in more lines to do what I needed to do. And I just watched as people came in when I purposely did not pull my phone out once. I just watched. Watched people interacting with complete strangers, employees, husbands and wives, children. And I came home and I told my wife, I said, <clears throat> one of the challenging things about the masks that we're wearing right now in our society is that they shield one of the most powerful tools that we have, and that's our smile. You can't even share your smile with someone. And so yesterday, as I was watching everything and wondering, is that a smile under there? Are they angry? I don't know what's going on. I decided to kind of start trying to compensate for the fact that I could not maybe reflect a smile to everybody. And so when I had a, an interaction with someone, I tried to use as many words, whatever words I possibly can, to just, just reflect the love of God. It started with Cheryl, who works the customer service manager desk at Walmart. And I had watched as customer after customer had come to her. And I used to work customer service, so I know the lies that people tell you. And I was watching her, and Cheryl looked tired. Cheryl, if you see this, Cheryl, I'm sorry, but I guess she's probably in her late 60s, early 70s. And anyway, Cheryl probably would not like to be working. Cheryl was tired, and it was only you know, 11 o'clock in the morning. And I got up to Cheryl, and I said, I said, good morning, Cheryl. How are you today? And behind Cheryl's mask, I saw this. Well, hi. Because just for a moment, I took time to recognize Cheryl. She was important. She wasn't just the CSM that was going to help me return my little broken item. I actually felt like my father, Dad, if you're watching this, you modeled this for me for years. And I missed it. I used to be embarrassed by it. Perhaps my kids are embarrassed by it. Yeah, I don't do it enough, so they're probably not embarrassed yet. Give me some time. But it didn't click for me until yesterday. It's so easy to hide behind a mask. Some of you, I'm straying from my script. God, give me wisdom. Some of you have no health reason to stay home, no work reason to stay home, but you're staying home because home is your mask. Home is your safe place. 
if that's how you're going to live your life, I want you to come and convince me that that's what God's called you to do. That God's called you to shelter in place. There's just, it doesn't work in God's economy. Some of you have a lot of good reasons to stay home, to protect yourself, to protect your family. I understand it. You know, we, we're, we are asked right now in our state, in this, most places in our country, to wear a mask. I understand. It's fine. I'm not, I'm not dissing on masks, people. Please don't misunderstand me. But some people's masks are their home and the screen they're hiding behind this morning. I still love you. <laughs> but we can't hide behind that. It's so easy for us to hide behind the masks that we're actually wearing, whether it's the physical one we wear on the faces or it's the emotional one that we wear. It's so easy for us to hide and to keep ourselves uh, to keep to ourselves because we have a lot of things going on. I have a lot of junk going on in my life. We have a, a lot of things that I have to accomplish. It would have been a lot easier for me to just keep my head down and get through that CSM line and not actually talk to Cheryl and not actually interact with people. It would have been a whole lot easier. But for me, uh, as I was out and about yesterday morning, I thought, man, I am carrying the presence of God in this world. Why on earth would I let this cloth mask keep that from other people? Why, why would I hide behind this mask that I'm mandated to wear right now and not do everything in my power to, to share the presence of God with people, the awesome, powerful, life-changing, miraculous, breakthrough presence of God? Why would I not do that? Oh, church, we do it all the time. We come into our, our places of worship and we sing our songs and we say nice things to one another and we do all the, the churchy things that we're supposed to do and then we go out to a restaurant and we belittle our waitress and we give her a crappy tip and we treat her poorly and we don't smile at anyone. We don't greet anyone. We just came out of, out of a house of worship and we go out into the world like we're the world. But we're not. We're called to be different in the world. We're supposed to permeate the world with the presence of God. I tell my kids all the time, you've probably heard me say it, you are either a, you are either a thermometer or you are a thermostat. Too often Christians are thermometers. Well, everybody around here is all ticked off, so I'll just be ticked off too right now. Well, my waitress is mad at me. I'm just going to be mad at her as well. My, my kids have been fighting all morning long. I'm just going to be a grumpy Gus. Or you walk into whatever situation you're walking into and you say, you know what? I am carrying with me the presence of an almighty God. I'm going to do everything in my power. I'm going to do everything that I possibly can to change the temperature of this room, to change the temperature of this table where we are eating, to change the temperature of my family, to change the temperature of my workplace. You, as a child of God, carry with you the life-changing, temperature-changing presence of God. Hmm. 
is often those who feel unwanted, those who feel unloved. I saw so many of them yesterday. People with their, their heads down. Feeling unwanted, feeling unloved. Store employees that feel unappreciated because all we do is complain because the price was wrong or because what I'm looking for is not where it's supposed to be. They've been working for eight hours with a mask on their face. I can't imagine. These people that feel unwanted and unloved, they need to hear and experience the love of God the most. Now you may have experienced some hurt in your life. You're not alone. Many others are out there right now are hurting, and they need to hear the message that not only does God love them, but that God is with them. Now we don't see it in our text this morning. I'm going to try to finish here. We don't see it in our text this morning, but after Mary received this word from Gabriel, she went to visit Elizabeth. And the Bible tells us that when Mary walked into the room, Elizabeth, who was already pregnant with John the Baptist, as soon as Mary walked into that room and that John the Baptist leapt inside of Elizabeth's womb. And the scripture tells us that Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. Man, I got to thinking about that. Oh, I got to thinking about that. Mary, who was literally carrying God in her womb, walked into the room where Elizabeth was. And in that moment, Elizabeth was infused with the Holy Spirit. Was it because of John the Baptist? No, 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 no. Was it because Mary? No, 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 no. It was because Mary carried the presence of God. Think about that for just a moment this morning, if you would. Just think about what that means. You, who are a child of God, who have accepted the love that God has for you, has chosen to walk in obedience to that. You are living in this world, living out your life, carrying the presence of God. And because of that power and that authority that dwells inside of you, you have the ability to walk into a room and change it. People's lives can be touched with the power of the Holy Spirit when you walk into a room. But it's not going to happen if you don't have the attitude of Mary. May your word be fulfilled. This morning, I'm going to invite you to receive and to respond to the breakthrough love of God. I'm going to ask you in just a moment to close your eyes and to pray with me. You can pray this prayer quietly under your breath. You can sort of repeat the words. Or you could just say in your heart, God, that's what I'm praying right now. Just pray in agreement with me. This is a prayer of receipt and acceptance of what God has for you. So would you bow your heads? Would you close your eyes? If you're at home this morning, I encourage you to do the same thing. Have your kids sit down. Turn off anything else that's on. Put down your phone. 
And as I pray this morning, pray with me, repeat, listen, whatever. Here's the prayer. Lord Jesus, I want to experience your love today. I believe that your love broke through in the most unusual of circumstances for me. I believe that you died on the cross to pay the price for my sins. And I admit I am a sinner in need of a Savior. And I am inviting you to be my Savior right now. Come into my life. Forgive my sin. Live in me as my leader. I believe that you are a God who is rich in abundant and unfailing love.
if you prayed that prayer with me just a moment ago, I'd like to rejoice with you about it. If you are here in this space this morning, I want to know if you've made a decision. So my ask of you is just to reach out if you haven't done so already. Grab one of those Connect cards, fill it out, and just put it on the back. I ask Jesus into my heart. If you're at home this morning and you prayed that prayer and you meant it and you asked Jesus into your heart, I ask the same thing of you. Go to our online Connect card. If you're on church online, it's right there. Click on it. If you're watching on Facebook, go to our website. Get to the Connect card. Fill it out. Send it to us. I want to help you. We want to help you in this journey that you're beginning today. If you don't have a Bible, I have one for you. If you need devotional books, I have one for you. If you have prayer requests, I want to pray with you and pray for you. If you have questions, you're stepping into a new journey that does not end here with just a simple decision that you make. You have to keep going. So let me pray for you this morning. Father God, I thank you right now for any any heart that was transformed or changed this morning because of your love. God, help us to understand that the significance of our decision is not based upon our location, but upon yours. So whether we are home in our living room, laying in our bed, sitting in our car, sitting here in this worship center right now, God, each place that we could possibly be holds the same amount of significance because we have made a decision to make you Lord of our life. I pray for each person that they would take seriously what they have committed to and that they would walk obediently as Mary said may your word be fulfilled may that be the cry of their heart as well pray this in Jesus name amen if you prayed that prayer your eternity has changed Bible tells us that the angels are celebrating in heaven right now because of the decision that you have made there's a song that we all used to sing as little kids probably we don't sing it probably enough as big kids it says jesus loves me this i know for the bible tells me so y'all remember that one it's a simple song but it's loaded with some deep deep truths there's radical powerful unfailing abiding love of God that is forming a new family and it's not based upon a bloodline it's not based upon an earthly heritage it's based upon the presence of God it's simple but we often forget it you are loved by God we are loved by God and not just us because we all know that God loved the world and he still loved the world so much that he sent his son Jesus to be with us. May the Lord make your love increase and overflow for each other and for everyone else, just as ours does for you. May he strengthen your heart so that you will be blameless and holy in the presence of our God and Father when our Lord Jesus comes with all his holy ones. Thank you so much for tuning in this week to listen to week four of our Advent series. My hope 
for you is that as we have traveled through this journey of Advent, as we have talked about the hope we have in, in the coming Christ, as we have talked about the peace that we have because of what Christ has done for us, as we talk about the joy that God gives us and that we get to give to the world, and then finally as we talk about the love of God that has broken through into our lives and that we then get to engage the world with that love. What what an empowerful, powerful season of Advent it has been. I pray that as we have been in the time of waiting, that you have been changed. And now we step into the final few days as we anticipate and we prepare for the birth of our Savior, our King, Jesus Christ. My hope is that your heart is set on those things, that your focus is on the true meaning behind Christmas, behind what we are celebrating this time of year. This coming Sunday, uh, December 27th, we will not be having in-person services here on the campus of New Philadelphia Nazarene. Instead, we will be airing our very special Christmas special on all of our streaming platforms, Facebook, YouTube, and of course, our website where you can find us at Church Online. We would love for you to join us there from home. Sit back in your pajamas and coffee and maybe some breakfast cereal, whatever it is you're going to do on that day. Enjoy that time as we uh, have a little bit of a Sabbath Sunday for our staff and for our volunteers. And then we'll come right back to it. Sunday, January 3rd, we will be returning to our manifesto teaching series, Jesus' Sermon on the Mount. And we'll be beginning 2021 with a 21-day season of prayer and fasting. We encourage you to anticipate and plan to be a part of that. God bless you. Thank you for joining with us week after week. If you like what you hear, make sure you hit that subscribe button and share with your friends and family. God bless you. Have a very Merry Christmas.